You are listening to In The Queue with Bruce Coombs, a podcast where we discuss how to help grow your accounting and legal practice with industry thought leaders. Today's episode is part of our In The Spotlight series, in which we speak with legal and accounting practitioners who have demonstrated innovation, success and commitment throughout their work. Every month, we nominate an accounting or legal leader who has had a significant impact on their industry and brought a different perspective to the way they conduct business. Today, we are meeting with Michael Hanrahan from Hanrahan Accounting Services, who has over 40 years' experience in the industry. Michael shares with us his view on how the industry has changed over that time and how he has developed his business into what it is today. Well, um. Here we are again uh, with our spotlight series on a, on a practitioner. Thanks everybody for uh, for tuning in again this month. Uh, it's certainly a, a, a absolutely fantastic winter's day in the, uh, the city of Sydney. Uh, Michael Hanrahan joins us from the inner west, the suburb of Leichhardt. For those in Sydney, you know it. Um, Michael's been a, a client of Quick Fee for oh, probably a decade or so. And it certainly has been a um, uh, in the accounting practice since what probably 93 michael something like that well yeah even longer um bruce so i i started um my as a sole practice practitioner in 93 but i was a partner in a partnership for 10 years prior to that and i was oh, at wow. Cooper's and Librand for five years before that as well so i've been in the industry for 40 years uh chartered accountant for 40 years um nice. got my certificate the other day to prove it so um how time flies when you're having fun it does indeed. Forty years in uh, in our great profession, uh, the old PY days, as it was called oh, back, back then, Michael. Um, absolutely, yeah. Still remember my exam. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So you you got an AFSL, like your own AFSL, quite some time back. So probably some of the earlier adopters mm. uh, back, you know, early 2000, 2011, whatever it was. Tell mm. me what sort of drove that. And what sort of changes you've seen in the way the accounting profession is delivering financial advice? Yeah, no, it's, that's a good point. I, I mean, I took, I mean, one of the beauties of being a sole practitioner, there's a lot of challenges, of course, but one of the beauties of being a sole practitioner is that you can make strategic decisions and you don't have to fight with your partners over it. So I formed the view many, many years ago that financial planning businesses um, had better income streams than accounting businesses. And accordingly, they got better multipliers, you know, when they got out of the industry. So thinking to myself, well, they're doing it. I don't think they're as smart as us. I don't think they're as well-trained as us. I mean, that's a generalisation, of course. But, you know, we're a highly educated profession um, and they're getting better multipliers than us and and better income streams, you know. So I thought, well, you know, don't, don't, don't complain, go and do something about it, you know. So... So we did a, a joint venture for many years. Well, before we did that, actually, we went into um, um, financial broking. So, you know, providing loans, um, which were a little yep. bit easier, and we joint ventured that. Uh, then we joint ventured financial planning um, in the 90s, and it wasn't a success, you know, because there wasn't a, it was hard to get a good mix between, you know, a profession that was, uh, differently trained to us and, you know, to be sort of cohesive. So so we we tried unsuccessfully for many years to joint venture the financial planning um, and it didn't work. So we decided to, to do, bring it in-house. Uh, fortunately, one of our daughters, uh, who's an accountant, was trained as an accountant, um, 
wanted to do financial planning. And um, so it was a perfect opportunity to you know, allow her to do that here and, and help drive the business and complement the accounting business at the same time. So, so that's how it sort of um, evolved. And we added on to that probably maybe 10 years ago where we, uh, or eight years ago, we decided to do um, advice in the um, aged care industry as well. So we offer aged care as part of our business offering. And so we you know, cover both ends of the, um, the age sector, you know, the younger people, people in the middle and, and as you age. And it's one of the most complicated areas that aged care um, funding um, so we're, um, you know, we're experts in that space. So, um, so that's sort of been good. And, and certainly um, having a accounting, we're fundamentally accountants. We always refer to ourselves as chart accountants, um, but, you know, complementing that with, you know, a, a fully blown financial service structure alongside it, you know, really complements all parts of that business. So, uh, so it's worked, worked really well and we're, we're pretty happy with, you know, how it's evolved. Oh, look, no, I think it's great. And I think, you know, just hearing what you're saying around the aged care, I mean, that's mm. such an emerging area. One of our um, one of our firms in Brisbane is a little bit of an expert in that as well. Mm. And it's, it's, it's good to see, you know, professionals, chartered accountants, you know, working in this area to help people, which could be exposed to um, you know, less than perfect advice if they went to the wrong place. Oh, then absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I'm in a small business discussion group with fellow accountants and, and they all talk to us about that. You know, they're all highly qualified accountants, but but it's just a very specialised space. So, um, and quite it's quite complicated. So, um, yeah. So, no, I agree. So, in terms of thinking about that that balance between you know running an accounting firm with business mm -hmm. clients and then running you know financial planning and then in the specialist area of age aged care, mm -hmm. um, you know, what are the clients sort of saying in terms of? their risk aversion or their risk appetite, maybe more correctly, given this current interest rate environment, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, no, interesting. We, well, I just finished a meeting this morning. So we had um, a lovely couple who are in a pension phase, have been retired for a number of years, and, and they asked exactly the same question. You know, they're, they're sort of 50% defensive um, and 50% in the market. So, um, you know, they, they were thinking, oh, you know, what should we do? Should we up it or lower it? Or, you know, what, what should we do in this situation? And, and uh, I mean, every, every, um, every client is different, obviously, but um, certainly in a market like we've got at the moment, you know, the worst thing you can do is to overreact. You know, you've got to stay calm, you know, rely on, on the initial structure that you've established in your portfolio and why you've, I've established it and the basis for that. Um, and don't, don't be afraid when the market does what the market does, you know, like we, we've got a world war, a potential world war happening across the Pacific, you know, in, in years to come. We've got an actual war in Ukraine and we've got, you know, Taiwan sort of, um, you know, um, being threatened by China. So, you know, that has huge impacts on, on the world stock market. And um, so you, you've got to understand that. Um, and it's the market's reflected that it's you know it's come back significantly. It's it's actually recovered the last couple of months. It is recovering, and and it will recover really quickly once things settle down. So you just got to stay in the market. You know, stay comfortable with your portfolio, and and um, and don't panic. Don't read the headlines in the paper. You know, some of the worst things you can do is listen to the news. Yeah, and and, and read the papers. They're there to sell headlines. You know, not to give advice. You know, so um, that's one of the things we we try and. 
Um, you know, we're trying to educate our, our clients along those lines, you know, but, you know, people still get a bit nervous, of course. Oh, yeah. yeah, people fear uncertainty. I think you've got to accept that, you know, I mean, if you asked a real estate agent in the run-up to any election, yeah. listings drop, you know, buyer, buyers through the door doing open drops. Yeah. It's a function of, of not liking uncertainty, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I mean, and I know you're, you know, one of the tenets of Hanrahan's is that you're upfront, transparent and focused on client success. You know, I love that upfront, transparent, I think. You've got to be prepared to to tell the client what is the truth, not necessarily what they want to hear. Oh, absolutely. And, um, I'd love your maybe a couple of comments in that regard. Yeah. So look, you know, we certainly um, in like in terms of you know the overall financial offering, not just financial services, but you know on the accounting side, we we um, uh, you know we try and um, be clear with our clients, you know, on what we're doing, why we're doing it and what it costs, you know, so mm. on the compliance side, most people relate accountants to compliance work mm. um, and, a, and compliance work, uh, you know, is repetitive work that is not always done well by accounting businesses, you know, so, so we've sort of adopted the view that you've got to um, systemize your compliance work. You've got to make it crystal clear on what you're doing for your client, what the cost is, and you've got to get a perfect outcome for the client. Mm. You know? So, and if you do that, then you've got more chances of giving them, you know, some sort of added added services that is beneficial for them and beneficial for our business to give more services. You know, whether it's you know saving them tax or whether it's getting them depreciation reports, you know, for their investment portfolio or whether it's refining some of their mortgages as interest rates are starting to climb. You know, there's, mm. there's opportunities to give proactive, positive advice if you get the base work perfect. So we that's our focus is to get the base work perfect and then we get, you know, a, a good warm and fuzzy feeling with our clients about doing other activities and, and you know, and, and so it's a mutual win in that situation. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Uh, back uh, back when I was in practice, and uh, I got good answers with PY, I think that's similar time to yourself. You know? But when I, when I was in practice, you know, I used to say to all our team, look, you know, one of the few things a client knows is their name and address, so try to spell mm. it correctly. Yeah, that's right. You'll, you'll, you'll shatter confidence otherwise. Oh, right? don't they hate it when you get your name wrong? I, I know, and I've seen examples of that exactly, you know, and that's, that's, that's such a basic thing, isn't it? That's about the only thing I know about a tax return. That's right. You dress wrong. Yeah. Or you send it to their previous address and they told you that they moved five years ago. You know? at, at least we can do things electronically now, not by, um, by, by yeah. snail mail. Uh, absolutely. Now that that's that's and that's probably a good segue and a probably close to my, my final question. And that's what are you seeing is the the your focus that of you know you and Eleanor in the in the practice moving mm. forward the next five years. Mm. You know, we're we're talking about the old days of putting things at the post. We, now we're talking mm. about email. What are you seeing as the the focus for your firm and the and the profession generally in the next five years? Yeah, no, like it's it's really interesting times, Bruce. I, I mean, I'm certainly uh, what COVID taught us were two, you know, two periods of COVID. The first one taught us that you you know you're going to be disturbed in all businesses, just not accounting, and you've mm -hmm. got to be able to manage that and and have a strong IT network, you know, to be able to cope with yep. that change. And and that's what we did. I mean, in my view, during that first first COVID period, you know, we we're an essential worker. You know, those hospitals that were dealing with the medical side 
and those accountants that were dealing with financial requirements that were changing every day because the government mm -hmm. was announcing both federally and state and all these new things. So, so what we learned was you've got to be able to cope with disruption in your industry. Yep. And you've yeah. got to then um, learn to, to work in a different environment very quickly. So we had to had to work from home. We had no choice like every business. We had to work from home and we had to have a, an IT platform that allowed us to do that. So, so that's what we did. And we, we've got some very, we got a chief technology officer. He's, made, he's, a, he's a CBA, but his role also is to make sure that our technology is state of the art and that we can work from home really effectively. So when the second COVID came along, like it wasn't even a disruption. Oh, okay, we've got to work from home. That's easy, you know, that's what we did, you know, and, and it's a seamless sort of transition. Uh, and part of that is, you know, we, like most businesses, we, we now say, well, okay, um, you can work from home as well as work from the office. So, so we, have, um, we have a nine-day fortnight for everybody, uh, yep. but we also allow people to work from home uh, at least two days a week. Um, they have to be in the office on certain days, but they need to be office three times a week. That can vary if there's specific reasons, but we have a two-day you know, two at home, three-day at, at the office sort of environment. And people are, you know, pretty happy with that, you know. So, yeah. um, so, so we're finding that, you know, as a, I mean, I probably it's taken me forty years to be an overnight success, you know, in, <laughs> in industry. So I think I, I not I think I know I ran an accounting practice for 30, 38, 39 years. I'm actually running an accounting business now, um, right. and we happen to to run a business that gives really good accounting advice and financial advice, and and so you know we're doing that by. By having very good good systems, we don't we don't have a flat line management like most accounting industries uh, businesses. You know, we have a deep and narrow team. You know, and they're very accountable our people for what they have to do, uh, and they're mentored and trained well, um, and they look you know to do high quality work and uh, they look for opportunities for for, for client success. You know, so um, so it's it's something that I think as an industry. Um, we we all need to be conscious of that. You know, I don't think the old model of, you know, having a flat line management where one accountant can do 10 different roles nice. works. Or, or, you know, all you do is work your backside off and, and you're not particularly effective. So so we run a we run a, a really good a business, you know, within and inside the practice. And, and I think that's, you know, that's the way to go for the future. And certainly that's what we're doing. Yeah, I know. Um, working. I I had a partner in my my old accounting firm, and um, he he said early on, he says, "Look, mate, what I really want to do is be a general manager, a CLA, effectively. Mm -hmm. But I just happen to want to run that as an accounting business." And yeah. it was so right, you know. Yeah. Except it's a business. Yeah. Um, clients actually get better outcomes too. The client uh, gets absolutely. Yeah. Now we we call it, we we have a similar term here, Bruce. We call it being controlled without controlling, you know, so yeah. I can't control yeah. everything. I'm a sole practitioner, you know, but, yeah. but if we have systems and methodologies in place that control the whole system, then I'm actually in control, but I'm not doing everything. And, um, and, and it, yeah, it kind of, like, it's not perfect. I mean, we all have to keep on tweaking um, uh, like, like everybody, but, but it certainly uh, does work and uh, we're pretty happy with how it's going. I mean, as a, in my, I haven't been more busy professionally in my whole life. I mean, it's yeah. just so much work around, you know, yeah. that if you're, you're doing a good job and you're competent at running good jobs, then you're going to get more good jobs. And, um, yep. and we're doing that. We're, get, we're getting referrals from the big four, you know, for, for work. Yeah. And, um, 
So, you know, we're really happy with that. And we've got good relationships with, with a few of them, actually. And uh, so it's really interesting time. Good for our guys. You know, they, they're learning from bigger firms as mm. working, as well as working in a smaller firm. So, you know, it has a lot of benefits, you know, across the board. Um, so it's, Look, yeah, uh, it's a great time to be in our industry, I reckon. I think it is. It's, it is a great time. Great time for our profession. As, mm. as long as we pr approach it as a business and, mm. um, as, you know, we... You know, we're not running the emergency room of a hospital, you know, no. we've not got a patient die on the boardroom table yet. So we're, um, you know, we accept that, the, the, the seriousness of our work, not taking ourselves too seriously. And mm. I think, Michael, um, for those people who do listen to this, and we will put this into our newsletter as well, right. um, those who want to um, get some advice on aged care and want to come to an absolute mm. specialist, I think it'd be great for, for anybody listening and anybody who's reading our newsletter to reach out to you. You're clearly an expert in the area. And it's not an area that many firms can no. truly say they're expert in. Mate, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Bruce. I, I enjoy, always enjoy chatting to you. Good on you. <laughs> well, I, mate, I, I know one of the things I wanted to mention today, because I, I yeah. was thinking about, you know, what are the couple of things that have really benefited my business? One of them is quick feet uh, oh, and, and, and PI, and both of them have had a significant impact on our, our business being run like a company, and being efficient, you know, so and quick fee has been a, a really key component of that. So, so thanks very much for your contribution, mate. I, I appreciate your business. Ten years, mate. It's been fantastic. Um, thank you um, so much. Thanks for your kind words. Okay. Um, and yeah, I certainly encourage anybody that's interested to reach out to Michael. And um, always a pleasure. Thanks, mate. Good on you. Okay. Thanks, Bruce. Cheers. Cheers for now. Okay. Thanks for listening to In The Queue with Bruce Coombs. If you'd like to learn more, head to quickfeed.com.au. If you like what you heard today, please follow us so you can get updates on new episodes coming up. And share our podcast with colleagues, friends and other firms.